Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu. 105.7, The Fan. I know this song. This is a good one. Yeah. I don't know. These are all songs for T-Bone. Yeah. It's easy lover. Yeah, man. Phil Collins, Philip Bailey. Inside access. A little (laughs) bit of Genesis, a little bit of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Did you say Earthwood or Earth, Earth, Wind? Earth, Wind. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ravens take on the Panthers this weekend, uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Remember, Baltimore Game Down sets a pregame show. We're live at the Horseshoe Casino. Myself, Bob Haney, Hour 1, Tim Barbales, Finney Serrato, and Mike Preston's uh, Mike Preston, Hours 2 and 3. But we go behind enemy lines now as we're joined by former uh, Carolina Panthers running back, now part of the Believe in Panthers podcast. It's Jonathan Stewart, who joins us courtesy of the Ashley Frencher Guest Hotline. And Jonathan, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. So let's start with this as, as we look at the Panthers and uh they're three and seven right now is quarterback the major issue or is it just a a lack of talent overall um I think you know in the National Football League I mean quarterback position is one of the one if not the most important position to be played right so if you um are experiencing any type of woes in that department you know, it's going to slow your team's success. And I think, you know, so far for the Carolina Panthers with the coaching change and um, the quarterback play by P.J., um, you know, everything has been going the right direction basically because of a run game. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, um, what we've been able to accomplish at the line of scrimmage on both, you know, ends on, the, on, on both sides of the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage is, the number one facet. Because you can have, yet again, the best quarterback in the world, but if he doesn't have an offensive line that's protecting him and protecting him and not just blocking on pass plays, but delivering a run game that will buy him time. You know what I'm saying? And play action and other things. You know, when when the defenses, you know, go through first downs and second downs and third downs, what coverages are they running? Where are they at on the field and spacing and whatnot? So, there's just a lot that goes into it more than just the quarterback position, although it is the most important position. All I'm saying is the Carolina Panthers run game and the offensive line controlling line of scrimmage is what tributes to the success for what we have going on. Well, what about the guys that the quarterbacks are throwing to? We know that DJ Moore is the guy at receiver, but who's their second receiving option now that Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey are gone? 
Paris Marshall Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's you know he's a, he's playing at a level right now where we kind of anticipated him playing, um, given the opportunity, uh, which I don't think he really had, you know, with his time here due to injuries and 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 whatnot, the quarterback position and maybe offensive coordinating. You know what I'm saying? But um, now that he's gotten his opportunity, um, he's definitely thrived. And he's definitely our number two. Um, and it could be number one on some teams. LaVisca Chanel is sort of like their poor man's Debo, no? Uh, I don't say poor man anyone, right? I mean, DJ Moore is, is you know, one of the top five receivers if given the opportunity in the league right now. TMJ is TMJ. I think these guys, you know, go out there and play hard to make a name for themselves. And I think there's a lot of things that, um, you know, these guys do for us that really um, enhances offense. We're talking to Jonathan Stewart's Inside Access here on The Fan. Uh, Jonathan, as someone who was a running back in the NFL yourself, uh, they trade Christian McCaffrey, but it doesn't seem like the running game has been hurt that much, especially when you see what Dante Foreman's doing. Yeah, Dante Foreman is a guy that falls forward no matter what, <laughs> you know, and that's really like the the DNA of, you know, the Carolina Panthers, um, you know, any good running game, again, once I, like I said earlier, you're going to have an offensive line that's, you know, getting, you know, the line of scrimmage moved forward, making it that much easier for a running back to have a, you know, a good head start going in, you know, to the line of scrimmage and finding work. And so, um, you know, kudos to Dante Foreman, you know, his his path and his journey to, to be where he is now. Um, he's a hell of a runner, and um, guys can't bring him down. I mean, he's not just a bruiser in the sense of his size and, and being able to deliver blows, but the way he maneuvers and the jump cuts that he has, I mean, one of the best jump cuts I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and he does it at such size and such – you know, um, almost in a poetic way, yeah. how he runs. Um, you know, it's it's really fun to watch, um, and I'm really glad to see that. You know, you know where we are as a as a as a team, as a fan. I love seeing you know guys going out there like they did last week and really put a game together that really resembles what football is all about. We're speaking to Jonathan. Stewart, uh, former Panthers, great current host of Believe in Panthers podcast. It's inside access on the fan. Uh, Jonathan, so obviously the Panthers were active in selling off at the trade deadline. Brian Burns, there were reports that multiple first-round picks could have gone Carolina's way. Are you surprised they chose not to trade him? Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, when you have a player like Brian Burns, um, you know, that's a once-in-a-lifetime type of talent, um, you know. And, you know, given the, the status and the DNA of this off, of this team, um, you know, I just talked about the offensive side. You know, the defensive side is, you know, how can we be savvy players? How can we be quick off the ball? How can we play fast? How can we um, attack, you know, and, and, and do things, um, you know, that – not just any team can do. And Brian Burns 
you know, he's an example of all those things that I just listed off. And you trading off a player like that, how are you going to actually, how are you going to actually develop as a team? You know, that's, you know, to me, one of the, um, the, the baseline key factors of this, this, this whole entire team. Um, so, no, not surprised. <laughs> Make good decisions. Jonathan, <laughs> one thing that seems apparent is they've obviously been through a lot of coaching change. You know, as the guys have alluded to, they, they've, 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 um, were sellers at the deadline. Outside of that first half against the Bengals, though, I think from the moment Steve Wilkes took over, mm-hmm. you saw a compete level, you saw a play to the end of the game level, um, you know, that horrible loss to Atlanta where really they probably shouldn't have lost. Then they bounced back two weeks ago, embarrass Atlanta a little bit on national TV. Like, they definitely seem to have some spunk to them, and they're not just going to go away. No, I mean, if you actually look at the, the team in general on paper, we're a really good team. It's just we haven't been able to execute and do the things necessary to win those types of games early on. The Carolina Panthers, um, you know, are playing with a little bit of, like, identity. Someone telling them who they really are, you know, and and believing in that and and believing the words that are being told to them um, are huge right now. Um, And I think Steve Wilkes is is a guy – that you know what you're going to get. When Steve Wilkes is talking to you and he says that, hey, you're a champion, you're going to leave that conversation feeling like you're a champion because that's the type of guy he is. Same guy as Coach Rivera. Um, you know, and obviously they coach together. And so um, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, and I really believe that. And I think that um, these players, you know, being able to develop not just as football players but as men, is what really makes these – you see the Super Bowl teams, they'll have stories and they'll have shifts and moments where they have figured out that, yo, we're playing football, but that's not what this is just all about. It's about being a family. It's about being a father. It's about being a husband. It's about being a best friend. It's about all the things outside of football. But at the end of the day, that's what makes a good football team when everybody is on the same accord. And so I really feel like this is an opportunity for uh, this team to really develop as men, which will carry on to being good football players. Jonathan Stewart, one last question before we let you go, and it's not a sports question. It's a question we ask every guest that joins the program. Helps settle a debate here on the show. Are you a bar soap or body wash person? I am a body wash person. Yes. I, I, and, I sh- and I shower every now and then. <laughs> All right. Well, Jonathan, as the, as the only one of the three of us here that was in the building in uh, November of 2005, saw you return a kickoff at Otson against Oregon State to win the Civil War. It was a pleasure talking to you, and we appreciate no your time. Well, thank you, guys. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate it. Jonathan Stewart, uh, believe in in in, uh, in Panthers podcast. I almost said Beavers. Believe in Panthers podcast. Hey, coming up next, John Harbaugh met with the media. We will hear from him next here on The Fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on The Fan. Your exclusive home for all Baltimore sports. 105.7 The Fan. Well, we have the extra practice, so like today we had a practice. We wouldn't normally have that practice. We'd be uh, Wednesday would be our first practice, so that's really what we did. 
That's John Harbaugh talking about the challenges coming off the bye, and he says nothing to see here, Jason. Do you buy that there's nothing to see here as far as any challenges coming off the bye? Do I buy it? No. (laughs) It seems like we have this debate every single year. Rest versus rust? Yes. Especially in the playoffs. If Now it's just the one seed gets the bye. If if they go home, they go one and done. But is there more to that for the Ravens with the fact (laughs) that they've played one game in 23 days? Conversely, it helps them for all their banged up guys and guys just coming off pup, you know, like a Jabo and Bowser. But... Is there something to that? I don't know, man. I, I feel like when you have an opportunity to catch a was it super mini buy? Yeah, the super mini buy. Super mini buy. First time ever. Yes. Uh, Did my own research. Face a team that doesn't look very good right now, right? I don't think anybody can say the New Orleans Saints are a good operation no. right now. Feast on that and then get another two weeks off. I think you, you, you lean into that. Um, I'm not worried about the rust aspect of it. I, I'm interested to see the health part of it and how many guys, because we'll never really, like, we don't know. Like They'll say this guy could have played in the Saints game because of X, but we don't really know how close someone was to being available, how much of it was, hey, wink, wink, we don't, you know, we don't really need you this week. Like, we'll be okay. We're looking at the long view. And and you know how that how those games are played because he could only have so many guys up, uh, and certain guys are more important to you over the long haul than others who are just yeah. get me through a game guys. So we'll never know exactly what that calculus is, um, but you know if they if they wanted to extend the rest part of it for some of those guys and it's not really that he's hurt but another week could help. I guess they embrace that to to some degree. And every situation is different. And like the Ajabo thing is fascinating Mm -hmm. to me because they seem to have him on a track where he was practicing regularly before everything shut down. And now it seems like they're not as maybe committed to that track. Is that because they're playing the Panthers and not the Bengals? You know, I, I don't know. I think part of the equation going into the Saints game where Andrews and Gus Edwards were both inactive is they got burned rushing some guys back. Uh, yes, playing Bateman the Thursday for the year. game. Thursday Bateman, Andrews getting banged up during that game. I think that's part of the equation too, Ken. Oh, absolutely. Well, you mentioned Andrews and Gus Edwards. Well, here's Harbs giving an injury update on Andrews, Edwards, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Deshaun Jackson. I think good. You know, you talk to Mark, he sounds very positive, obviously, about it, and, and the and trainers as well. We'll see how it progresses throughout the rest of the week. It'll be the same uh, answer for Gus. JPP, you know, JPP was out there today. And uh, Deshaun, yeah, all those guys, we'll just see how they look on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They uh, they all have a real good chance. He says you talk to Mark. Like, what are the odds that anybody's going to talk to Mark? Like, if he's a question. <laughs> what are the, oh, wait, oh, he's not here. Let me go in the, I'm going to go in the locker room and bring him out to you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't talk to him until maybe Thursday at the early. Like, talk to Mark. Yeah, talk to Mark. Yeah, it's like, and and if he's questionable, they're not going to have him in the locker room to talk to you, and he's not going to be available at the podium. 
I talk to Mark. You stalk can't talk him. To Mark. Stalk him in the in the Just players' parking lot. What do you think? What if we started doing that? I think that would go over with PR. The next time oh, Stoney's yeah. out there, we don't, we send Stoney yeah. to the castle, but he just stands by Mark Andrews' car. He doesn't actually go inside. Well, Got to find just, out which car is his. Whatever. He stands yeah. near the players' parking lot and just waits for guys as they come off. Because hey, Harb said to ask him, so yeah. I'm just trying to ask him. How long? How long would it take Chad Steele to shut that down? Uh very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think security. Security. The moment that. Would, that mustache uh, over there, just that somebody's like, wait a minute, who is that guy? Time and out. Why is he standing in the player's well, parking well, lot? Let's be honest. It wouldn't even get to PR. Security would pull him well, That's away what I mean. The yet. moment that they see the, yeah. the, the, the security camera I... showing Stoney drinking a Mountain Dew voodoo in the player's parking lot. <laughs> I, I can't say I've seen a no loitering sign. Oh, the if, if, if there's I a, I think ra- it's implied. If there's what? a, you know, if, if there's a rando by the players' parking lot, <laughs> trust me, security's going to notice. Let's hear one more from Harbaugh. Uh, cut four. Somebody's going to get hit with a stun gun. <laughs> cut four uh, talks about stacking wins versus having too much time off. That's not going to be a problem. I mean, the season it starts right back up again. It's not like we've been gone for a month. I think we get a little bit of rest and uh, we get right back at it. We just have to go play our best game on Sunday, and that's what we're going to try to do. He doesn't buy into the rust, Jason, and the rest is more important than the rust. Remember, they played two games in four days and then, what, one in 23 days. Yeah. It is really fascinating, though, because if you go back to 2019, they rested the guys in week 17, and I remember Harbs being asked immediately following that Titans game, yeah, I'd probably do it differently. Now, much different situations, but it's always an interesting debate. But I think in this situation – with how banged up the Ravens are were at the time and and the fact that they have a lot of older guys, particularly on the defensive side of the football, I, I think the one game in twenty three days benefits them a heck of a I, lot. I think more you sign up for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, we all agree on that. Hey, coming up next, we're talking more Ravens. What does Rita Hubbard think? Rust versus rest. We'll ask her next here on the fan. Inside access with Jason and Ken. Are you team bar soap or team body wash? Oh, that's a good question. I just think the bar soap cleanses you better. Yes. To be honest with you. Yes. Lock and Fora, Weinman, and Barbalace. I've always liked body wash. 1057 The Fan. Ravens will take the field tomorrow as they begin to prepare for the Carolina Panthers in earnest coming off the bye, league. And let's talk, bye week. And let's talk some Ravens football now as we go out to the Ashley Furniture guest hotline. And we're joined, as we always are on Wednesday, or excuse me, on Tuesdays, if I can get my days right. With You're the, all over Yeah, the place. I am just, I'm still, uh, I in guess, Nashville. recovering from Nashville. But Rita Hubbard joins us, as she always does, on Tuesdays. And Rita, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. So let's start with something we talked about last segment, rest versus rust. Are you concerned at all about the Ravens who have played one game in the last, what, 23, 24 days getting ready for Carolina this Sunday? I mean, sure, right? I mean, like, I I am, I've been saying all the time, like, just because a team has a losing record doesn't mean much to me. And the Panthers are technically still in a a hunt for the AFC South because that's a mid-division, right? Like, nobody's really good in that division. So, they're still fighting. Um, You hope that the Ravens aren't looking past the Panthers coming off of a bye week because they're not a good football team. So, I mean, yes, maybe some rust, but not necessarily rust more so than like playing down um, against the opponent that you have. That's my bigger concern. And I just feel like that, you know, this 
second half of the season really gives allows them to potentially put the foot on the gas and and not only win the division but potentially fight for you know a first round uh, bye. So you know hopefully they know what's ahead of them and then they they're not playing around and they know that one week at a time and that includes the Panthers on Sunday and that there's no issues. But from a rust perspective, I mean I think my biggest concern is like. Is Mark Andrews okay, or do we have to make him wait for another week from from that rust perspective, not necessarily the team? Rita, you mentioned the soft schedule, the final eight games, and we kicked this around yesterday. Ravens defense, 17th in points per game, 19th overall. This is an ascending unit. Do you think they have a chance to be top 10 when this season's over? Sure. Why not, right? Like, it, it, you know, it, what – stopping them minus themselves from doing that. At this point, you have the players that you have. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, And so you have to scheme with those guys that you have. And I think that once you become aware of, number one, who you are and sticking with who you are, and number two, you know, allowing those guys that you have to be a part of your success, then I think that that it, it all works out. I credit the Giants all the time because, like, when you look at their roster, right, outside of Saquon Barkley, from an offensive perspective, I don't really know, I mean, what they have over there, and yet they're 6-2 and two because they stay true to what they do best. The Ravens have to do the same thing. And I think if they do that, they find a way, you know, to really make a run here. But don't try to be cute. Because remember, remember, Lamar tried to tell us early in the season, this ain't the same old Ravens. You lied, Lamar. (laughs) It is the same old Ravens. And there's actually nothing wrong with being the same old Ravens, quite frankly. Because what you do really good is run the football. And stick with that because it wins football games. Well, and sort of to piggyback off of that, we've had a chance because the Ravens had the super mini buy and then yes. the actual buy to right. have a lot of Sundays that don't involve Ravens football, which means you're watching a lot of other football. And we're watching Josh Allen, right, who can do some superhuman stuff, lose games by not keeping it simple, stupid, right? By red zone turnovers, by forcing yeah. balls, right? And one of the things I liked about Lamar the last three weeks, even though you look at the box score and say the passing game isn't sexy. He is protecting the football. He is managing the game. He is winning with his legs, and he's making plays when they're there through the air. Like that ain't that ain't something people should get mad at. I agree, and like like we literally like you said, you mentioned Josh Allen. We literally saw I think all three of his turnovers were like in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and so I mean I don't want to say single handedly because I really believe that there's a, a an effort in terms of like a collective effort when football games are won or lost. But it really feels like when you watch that game that Josh Allen was a big um, component of why they lost on Sunday, right? And so I'm I'm a big proponent of forget winning, you know, uh, ugly. So what? Take the ugly off, right? Because why does how they win matter? Sure, you want it to be a certain type of way, but the league is too grueling and the players are too good for every week to be a perfect setup for for you to feel, you know, oh, it was very aesthetically pleasing to see them win. Sometimes it don't go like that. And especially in a division like the AFC North where all the football is kind of nasty. You know what I'm saying? The weather ain't that great here. You know, the the Steelers ain't right now playing that good. The Browns are scrappy. The, the Bengals are doing what they do. You're going to have ugly wins. I don't care about ugly. This ain't a beauty pageant. It's a football <laughs> game. 
So as long as you win, that's really all that matters here. We're speaking to Rita Hubbard. It's Inside Access on the fan. And Rita, you, you mentioned Josh Allen struggles. They, they're third place in the AFC East right now, which is crazy. crazy right now. And the AFC is kind of a jumbled mess. A lot of six and three teams. Dolphins have seven wins, as do the Chiefs. Where do you put the Ravens in the AFC hierarchy right now? All right, so I feel like potentially with the schedule that they have and when you look at other teams and their schedule, mm-hmm. the Ravens have the possibility to end up being a two or a one seed, yep. right? When you look at the Chiefs, um, they still they play the Chargers on Sunday night. They play the Bengals, who they didn't beat last year. Uh, the Broncos, I know they don't score points. I'm very well aware, but they have the top one of the top defenses in the league. So, and they can run the ball some, so there's that, right? Then you look at the Bills' schedule. They pretty much have the whole AFC East. You want, you really hope that they just beat each other up. Sure. Beat each other up. If you beat each other up in that division, the Ravens could potentially go away with what they got going on if they stick to what they do and they continue to win their football games that they should win, which appears, if you look, if you're a schedule person, appears to be majority of them, right? So I really think that they're in a good position because, you know, those other two teams that we mentioned, oh, and Miami, if you want to consider Miami, well, Miami and Buffalo play in the same division. They got to they gotta play the same three teams two times. And so there's that. And, and you never really know how this turns out, but it is very possible because of all of those different things that the Ravens could potentially be a two or one seed. Rita, David Ajaba, would you play him this weekend? Would you hold him out a little longer? What are your expectations for him? I don't have any. I mean, is, you know, my thing is, is that is, is he really ready to play? I mean, that was just March, y'all. It really feels like it was not that long ago. And I'm also, like, really amazed by, like, how these Achilles injuries, which we really thought were, like, like almost calendar year injuries are no longer. Yeah. Which says a lot about like modern medicine, right? That's another topic for another day. But I, I, if he's ready to play, I mean, let him go in there and get a couple snaps. I wouldn't expect much from him. I wouldn't expect a ton of snaps. Just him getting his feet wet. This is probably a good matchup to do that. I feel like if he's 85%, what's the point in trying to put somebody in if it's not necessary? My, You know, if, if, if there's, there's going to be ample time for him down the stretch to be put in football games. And so if, if it allows him this week to not play so he can be at 100% maybe a week or two from now, then do that. But if they feel like he's at 100%, give him six, seven, eight snaps and, and, and let him go after the quarterback for a couple of times and, and then let him sit down. <laughs> Get his feet wet just a little bit, just his toes in there, not his old foot, <laughs> just his toes. have to ask you a nonsensical question before we let you go, Rita. Last week in the estimation of, of Gigi and I, and really everybody else we've talked to about this since it happened, Except uh, the, the Bone uh, committed a, an incredible verbal faux pas. Last week he referred uh, on the radio to Ken Wyman, who went to Nashville with his girlfriend as traveling with his lover. Is it ever acceptable for someone to refer to someone else's boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, significant other, whatever, as a lover, or should that be left to William Shakespeare and Taylor Swift? Rita, can I couch it with ironically? I use it. There's no no irony. No, stop. All right, y'all. This is my question. When they're not a spouse, what exactly do you call... A boyfriend or girlfriend, like I, I your girlfriend or boyfriend. I, 
Do you? I really hate. I find it to be so immature. I'm like, I'm grown. It feels boyfriend feels so juvenile, second grade. So what do you? So call you him? like Lover? No, I don't like that either. Okay, good. That's <laughs> creepy. Okay. Do you- I don't like Lover, but I don't like boyfriend or girlfriend. But I, I'm one of those people like, well, what do you call someone that you're in a relationship with but you're not married? Significant right? other? Boo. Now, Boo's immature. Boo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Boo's immature, right? So, Boo's so cute. Ken, are you calling this lady your lover? Uh, not once, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, except for when you were in Nashville. Yeah, and, and, and we but they it. were having a joke. Yeah, we were joking because of a T-bone. Ah, but okay. no, no, never. No. Uh, she's my girlfriend. Or, or Yeah, my boo thing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> my boo thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Have you I ever like said that? Yeah. Lover, lover sounds very... Um, Creepy. It sounds very uh, uh, what's the word? What's the movie y'all that came out uh, when he was cheating? They were cheating. The movie oh. where they were cheating. <laughs> you gotta give us more than yeah. that. Uh, if, it was like called Infidelity or something. I don't know. Oh, was that that Beyonce movie? No, not that one. It was a mo- it was a white lady. Oh wait, Diane Lane. Was this the one where Richard the- Gere? Oh wait, I think I know the no, one you're talking it was about. Called, like. Unfaithful. That's what it was called. It was called Unfaithful. Was that the one like with Julia Roberts? An unfaithful vibe. Like, oh, this is my lover because, you know, my lady couldn't come with me this weekend. Yeah, it's got to stop. The the lover madness has got to end. Yeah. No, and I like it. Yeah, like faithful. Like uh, it. For the, yeah, it was Diane Lane on Faithful Richard Gere. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. Diane, yeah. All right. So that one. That movie. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. Give me unfaithful vibes. I don't think I like Lover. No, no Lover's no good. Lover's no bueno. Hey, let everybody know what's going on tonight, uh, Rita. So tonight, um, Glenn and I will be at Mother's in Timonium uh, for the Tyus Bowser show. Today's guest is Calais Campbell, none nice. other than should be fun. Also, the Winning Drive podcast with myself and Shaking It Up Sports' own quarter. Woodland will be out tomorrow morning. Rita, always great. We will chat next week. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Take care. Hey, coming up next, why the Eagles uh, lose last night to the Commanders? Well, Nick Sirianni is going to tell you it's league at large next here on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason Ken. Inside Access to the National Football League. NFL Insider, Jason LaConfora, Ravens Insider, Ken Wyman. Joining us now, the former Hall of Fame coach, Bill Cowher. Boomer Esiason, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. The League at Large, brought to you by Valor Home. If you're in need of a new roof, siding, or windows, get 50% off all roofing and siding materials. Buy two windows and get one free. Plus, make no payments until 2024. Call 833-83-VALOR or online at ValorHome.com. 1057 the fan three turnovers lost us the game the time of possession loses you the game we lost it together offense defense special teams coaching we lost it together that's what lost us the game that's eagles head coach nick sirianni after the commanders go into philly upset the eagles 32 to 21 the commanders were 11 point dogs they end up winning win by, by 11. 11 they're five and five eagles are now eight and one jason yeah, look, not a well-managed game from the Eagles. Washington held the ball for 24 minutes in the first half, ran it down their throats. The one thing the Eagles did um, was capitalize on an early turnover and force Washington for a lot of threes and not sevens. And that kept them in the game, and they started moving the ball in the second half. And then the third turnover was just a real killer where he hits Watkins wide open. Mm-hmm. He goes down. He could have stayed down. He gets up, and he gets caught from behind uh, and stripped and 
the commandos recover, and then they end up, you know, tacking on insurance. Uh, kind of a weird game. A lot of weird stuff happened. The the Eagles had a chance to basically wasted an opportunity to perhaps get the ball back because of a situation with the two minute warning. Yeah, they had to punt again, and then. There was a weird thing at the end of the game with Heineke, and it, he gave me, himself up, and yeah. the Eagles touched him anyway. I didn't think anybody tried to hurt him. I didn't no. think it was egregious. I felt but like those fifteen the, yards. Yeah, at the end of the game, I thought it was the right call, but it still felt dirty. If that makes sense, that's exactly like not not the play was dirty. Like I felt dirty that it was the right call. Well, for the game to end in that yeah. fashion, I just think it, it, it's just kind of a joke. But look, he took five steps until he nailed Taylor Heineke, and then he had. The Dallas Goddard controversy where his oh, yeah. head was backwards. Mm. Uh, he yeah. got, had his face mask. Yeah, he was on so tilt because they were all over his face mask, and then he fumbled. But it's the turnovers where the Eagles have been so great at not giving the ball away. They had three entering the game and then four last night. And you knew it was going to regress. Sure. And it really, like the third one again was mm. like, okay, this is the football god saying we gave it to you enough. And nobody's good enough in this league of parity to win nine or ten in a row, so no soup for you. Hey, I, with that game, we should close out our best bets from uh, this weekend. <laughs> yes, we should, because, we should give credit where yeah, it's due. The Balone himself. Trappy trap. Yeah. Trappy trap. So, Stone, right. this weekend you went 2-1, and one, right? Yeah, only loss was Seattle at plus three. And I you faded know. Stone. And, and and just to remind the people, after a horrible start, on American soil, you are 4-0-1 over the last two weeks, that, correct? That is correct. That Undefeated is on American soil. Yeah, yeah, over the last two weeks. I got got into the win column with the Commander's win. I had them plus 11, so I went 1-2. and two, And you guys, you were I done. I went 1-2. I went 2-1. and one. So, uh, Stoney, you need to update the, the big yes, board. Yes, it has to be updated. Yeah, I need it. Uh, thank God I, I, I did not get stoned i uh <laughs> i held on for dear life and, and got that w let's move on aaron Rodgers, of course you saw footage during the game against dallas on sunday of him yelling at head coach matt oh, lafleur yeah. he was on the pat mcafee show and he talked about it look Matty and i talk all the time and uh last week we had a really uh really cool moment uh conversation uh back and forth and there was a lot of love and gratitude shared and that kind of set the perspective for the week i think and then yeah i was pissed about the calls i answered honestly i mean he was pissed about him too so he actually followed me after my press conference and uh he had been watching my my so he had seen what i'd said and he made a he made a little barb as i was walking out of the that green room uh, about it we had a couple of laughs and then i told him how much uh, it meant to me in our conversation from friday and uh, we hugged it out, and that was that. Yeah. They hugged it out. Yeah, Good thing McCarthy didn't kick the field goal. Yeah. How do you think that conversation would have gone had they lost that game and been sitting there at, like, whatever, 2-7 and seven or whatever? Not well. Yeah. This guy is... He's the best. It's yeah. It's kind of who do you dislike more, him or Russ? See, I dislike him no. more than Russ. Well, here's the thing. It's different. It's I, way I, different. I, I, that's why I'm asking. For, for me, Russ is sort of like T-Bone using the L word. It's cringy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, whereas Aaron Rodgers is, is kind of like he's sort of more hateable. You get a free sense. shot in on either yeah. one yeah. with a two by four. Who are you taking oh, it on? Taking it Rodgers. Rodgers. Yeah, right. Without, yeah. That's what I'm, I, I'm with you. I thought Aaron Rodgers was an arrogant, you know what, for years now. I, I, I just have never been a fan of his. Russ is just 
I think he's a good guy. It's just he's a meme and just lacks self-awareness. I mean, it, it, I just laugh at Russ. Where Aaron Rodgers, I just don't like him. Hey, I would love to continue this conversation, but coming up next here on the program, making their return after weeks away because they no longer play. Uh, <laughs> Definitely been weeks. Yeah, because, uh, of course, uh, Bradley Bozeman no longer plays for the Ravens. He plays for the Panthers, who the Ravens play Sunday. Bradley and Nikki Bozeman join us next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 